You're listening to Rama for Today. Do you ever notice this? I've watched this for many, many years. Most people misquote that verse. And they put the body first instead of the spirit. Because you see, they're more body conscious than they are spirit conscious. I've noticed that a lot of times even in, in reading sermons that people had preached or, or messages in periodicals instead of them correcting the statement with the scripture, whoever edited the sermon, they go ahead and quote it just like whoever was speaking quoted it. And I've noticed actually, very seldom have I ever heard a speaker that got it correct. And I've been in the ministry for 43 years and I'm a very close observer. Very seldom, if ever, have I heard a speaker that really got it correct. They'd always say, Paul said, I pray God your whole body, spirit and soul. He didn't say it that way. You're listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan on How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God, Volume 1. Because when you were born again and become a new creature, you do not get a new body. Outward man just like it was. We'll get around to the outward man the minute you have to do something with the outward man. God doesn't do anything with the outward man. You do that. God does something with the inward man. God doesn't deal with the outward man. You have to do that. Find out what God wants you to do with the outward man. Find out what God wants you to do with the body and do what the Bible said to do. God's not going to do it. Don't try to get somebody else to do it for you. You do it. No, when he said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, he's talking about the man on the inside that has become a new creature. We certainly, when we were born again, didn't get a new body. When you were born again, you did not get a, re a new body, but the real you, the man on the inside, became a new man in Christ Jesus, a new creature. Now, I know this a lot of times in our discussing things. Our terms are so indistinct in describing things that we make it confusing to people. To me, it would just simply be better to say things the way the Bible says them. Not make the Bible fit our doctrines, but just make what we believe fit the Bible. Say it the way the Bible says it. Now you know, for instance, a lot of times we have consecration services. That's fine if we know what we're doing. Dedication services. Christians come to the altar. We hear people say, well, dedicate yourself to God. Give yourself to God. Well, you see, this man on the inside, you can't give him to God. If you're a Christian, he already belongs to God. You can't give me something that already belongs to me. You couldn't give me that Bible case. It's already mine. You couldn't give me the Bible that's in the case. It's already mine. Isn't that right? You see, if you would say, when we have our dedication service and a consecration service, if you'd come to do something with your body, that would be a different thing. But we don't make it clear. And so some folks have been doing the same thing. They've been dedicating and consecrating for 40 years. And they're no more dedicated and no more consecrated than they were 40 years ago when they started it. <laughs> Amen. 
I've seen them having dedication, consecration services for Christians and saying, come into my heart. Well, if you're a Christian, he's already in your heart. He's not going to come in. He's already in there. And then they turn around and contradict themselves. I'm talking about consecration. I'm not talking about dealing with sinners. I'm not talking about an altar service for sinners. I'm talking about a dedication, consecration service. Everybody that had come forward were Christians. And somebody started singing, come into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, come in today, come in to stay. <laughs> he had already come in to stay. And then I've seen him come back the next night and sing the same song. <laughs> same people. No wonder they never did get dedicated. Or consecrated, they didn't know what they was doing. Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching real good. <laughs> it's so nonetheless. Now, as I said, our terms, let me re rephrase that or let me repeat it. Let me say it again. Our terms are so indistinct in describing things that they are confusing. It would be better for us just to say things like the Bible says them. Now, for instance, this verse that I quoted earlier in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, where Paul said, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here Paul is praying for the church at Thessalonica, and he begins with the inside, the very innermost part of man, the heart of his being, which is his spirit, you see. And then comes to the outside, spirit, soul, and body. He starts with the heart of man, spirit, then he comes to the outside, soul, and body. And so, he begins with the inward man and then comes out to the outward man. Do you ever notice this? I've watched this for many, many years. Most people misquote that verse. And they put the body first instead of the spirit. Because you see, they are more body conscious than they are spirit conscious. I've noticed that a lot of times even in, in reading sermons that people had preached or, or messages in periodicals instead of them correcting the statement with the scripture, whoever edited the sermon, they go ahead and quote it just like whoever was speaking quoted it. And I've noticed actually... Very seldom have I ever heard a speaker that got it correct. And I've been in the ministry for 43 years and I'm a very close observer. Very seldom, if ever, have I heard a speaker that really got it correct. They'd always say, Paul said, I pray God your whole body, spirit, and soul. He didn't say it that way. He didn't say it that way. Put the body first. He never put the body first. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, like I said, the reason that people say it that way is that they're, they're more body conscious than they are spirit conscious. But we need to become more spirit conscious. If we're going to be led by the Spirit of God, and if we know that God's Spirit leads us through our spirits, then we're going to have to become more spirit conscious or else we're going to miss the whole thing. Now we need to think of ourselves as spirit be beings, possessing souls and living in bodies. Now what is the difference from uh, or, or between spirit and soul? Now the spirit and the soul are not the same. 
And yet I know from experience, here's a hard one. For a good many years, I studied this subject. I, I didn't have the answer. I'll be honest, I didn't have it. It never has bothered me through these many years of ministry to say to people, if they ask me sometime, I don't know. Don't let it bother you to say, I don't know. Because if you know everything, then we ought to start following you. Because you're, you know. But really, we won't. We'll start praying for you because we know you're lying. <laughs> Amen. It never bothered me as a young minister when I first started out. Then there's a lot I didn't know then. There's a lot I don't know yet. Even the great apostle Paul said himself... In 1 Corinthians 13, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Now, if you'll just stop and think what he said, it'll help you. It won't hinder you, it'll help you. Paul said, I don't know everything. Even in my prophecy, I'm only prophesying in part. You'll never tell the whole story, even in prophesying. It won't be the whole thing, everything. That's the reason you can't just follow it and nothing else. Are you listening to me? Because it's in part. Amen. But thank God for what we do know. Praise the Lord. Now then. I, I, I remember years ago, many years ago, I, I in, in studying this subject and then searching, and I asked different ministers... Full gospel, yes. Leading teachers in the full gospel Pentecostal movement. And then other ministers also. All outstanding ministers of the nation. I, uh, I got the teachings. The books that were taught in our leading Bible school, Pentecostal Bible schools and some of the leading seminaries of our nation to see what they taught on the subject of man. None of them satisfied me. None of them were actually scriptural. They were, like the Bible said, in part. Most all of them. And then I asked outstanding teachers in the Assemblies of God movement, the leading teachers in the Foursquare movement, the leading teachers, and others in Pentecostal movement. Then I listened closely, very closely, the conversation as ministers were discussing some of these subjects. What's the difference between soul and spirit? And sort of a blank look come on his face. He said, well, I always thought this was the same. That's exactly what every outstanding Pentecostal teacher in America said to me. I said, how could they be the same? How could they be the same? When Paul says, by the Spirit of God in Hebrews 4.12, that the Spirit of God is quick and powerful and sharper, than any two-edged sword dividing asunder of spirit and soul. If you can divide them, they couldn't be the same. Isn't that correct? And I'll be honest with you, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't find the answer. And I'd been seeking for 15 years and studying carefully and burning a midnight oil. I could tell you some of the teachers that I asked. I'll not use any of their names. Outstanding teachers that I asked in personal conversation. They looked at me sort of blank and said, well, I thought they was the same. What's the difference between spirit and soul? I'd say, well, I thought they was the same. I said, well, I did too one time. Don't go back and get some of my old sermons away back out of years ago. You'll hear me saying the same thing they said. That's where I got it was from them. 
But I found out I and them too was wrong. <laughs> you see. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagen, Kenneth W. Hagen, and the rest of the Hagen family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. First in this month's offer is Kenneth Hagen and Kenneth E. Hagen's book entitled Ministering to Your Family. Next is Kenneth Hagen's three CD series, Avoiding the Trap of Offense. The last item is Lynette Hagen's DVD, Facing Your Goliath, all for the special radio price of $35. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. April 8th through 10th. That's a Friday uh, through a Sunday right here on the campus. Uh, you can come and find out all about Rhema. Yes. Uh, you, you know, you get to attend some classes. Uh, there's, a, there's a night of worship. Oh, uh, awesome, there's a luncheon. Awesome uh, there's just uh, all kinds of information about jobs and housing. And so, hey, just go to rbtc.org and all the details are there. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagen with his teaching, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, Volume 1. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at rhema.org. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.